sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. You join me for the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors. We're talking to me as Victoria Scholar, Head of Investment at Interactive Investor. We're going to look across the uh, Atlantic, aren't we? Because although um, we are talking about investment from the point of view of UK uh, uh, investors, um, we're going to look at Jackson Hole. Now, Jackson Hole sounds to me like some sort of very bad private eye in some awful, <laughs> um, dreadful sort of um, dime novel, but that's not what it is. So tell us what Jackson Hole is. Yeah, sure. Well, basically, it's an economic symposium. It's an annual event that's been held in Wyoming since the early 1980s. Um, and it's a long standing central bank conference. Doesn't sound particularly exciting. Well, but... <laughs> yeah. How many things sound exciting when uh... central banks are part of the sentence? <laughs> well, I'll explain to you why it is. Essentially, the biggest economic problem right now facing economies around the world is the revival of inflation post-COVID. You know, there's been huge problems with the global supply chain that's created this big imbalance between demand and supply. And then on top of that, we've had the war in Ukraine, which, of course, has pushed commodity prices. So central banks are facing this huge conundrum, whether it be the Bank of England, the Fed, the ECB uh, and others as to how to bring this sort of rampant inflation back down closer to um, a target, which is typically around 2%, without inadvertently causing a recession. Um, and it was the revival of inflation that spurred the market sell-off this year and sort of the end of this long-term upswing that we've seen largely since 2008. So inflation has really taken the wind out of the sales of markets, so that's why there's so much focus on this conference, much more than there normally would be, I'd say. Yep. Now, we're recording this on Thursday, and Friday is when the um, chair of the Federal Reserve, Jay Powell, is going to um, produce his um, address. Now, presumably that's going to be terribly important for the market. Do we know what we're expecting? I mean, like the Bank of England, they often give hints in advance, don't they? Yeah, so this is sort of the centrepiece of the conference. It's going to be when uh, Fed Chair Jay Powell delivers his address. Now, last year, he said that inflation was going to be transitory. And clearly, that proved not to be the case. Yes. Um, so that's kind of one of their predictions that hasn't really worked out. Uh, and they've massively wound back on that um, in light of the economic data in terms of the inflation, inflation points that we've seen come through ever since. Um, and there are questions about whether or not we have reached peak inflation in the United States. Um, but the expectation is that inflation is here to stay, stay for a while. So that's going to be addressed. Uh, we've also got US GDP figures out this week, um, which in the first estimate contracted. So mm. that sort of lands the US in a technical recession because we've seen two consecutive quarters of negative growth. Although um, the authorities are reluctant to label it a recession because it's because of sort of um, technical factors. All, he, he also might look at the volatility that we've seen in the oil market recently um, because we've been seeing some quite wild swings. Um, OPEC, led by Saudi, has been suggesting that it might wind back on some of its oil output productions. Um, so there's been a lot of focus on um, the volatility in commodity markets as well. And that, of course, is a key driver of inflation. So we will be paying close attention to Powell's address on Friday. That will be the sort of centrepiece of the markets this week. 
Okay, let's just pause for breath. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose. You're listening to the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors on Share Radio, where I'm in conversation with Victoria Scholar from Interactive Investor. Um, we have heard from one of the Fed speakers. I mean, earlier this week, we were talking about the fact that sometimes they give indications. Um, that was uh, Neil Kashkari. So what, what did they say? Well, he was saying that um, his biggest fear is essentially that inflation turns out to be worse than anticipated. You could say that's already been the case if we put it into the context of what Powell was saying this time last year, suggesting it was going to be transitory. Now it looks as though it could potentially be more entrenched. Um, but the Fed has a path in mind of how much it wants to raise interest rates. Um, Kashkari says that the official policy rate needs to go up by another two percentage points by the end of next year. But his real fear is that inflation overshoots expectations and that the policy rate doesn't necessarily uh, rise quickly enough. But as I sort of mentioned at the beginning, you know, the Fed is walking a tightrope here. It's got this unenviable task of attempting to steer interest rates to a level that offsets some of those supply-side inflationary pressures that have actually been largely imported from abroad mm. without inducing an economic recession. So it's got a tool that's very much focused on mortgages and lending and borrowing and savings, but actually it's inflation from uncontrollable external geopolitical factors like the war in Ukraine that's actually um, the main driver of price levels and is hard um, to have any control over, really. Yes. Now, you talked about why markets have been so depressed um, earlier in the year, reacting to inflation, the fact not just the Fed, but of course, the Bank of England. I mean, they were both behind the curve. They were both this time last year talking about inflation being transitory and uh, it's turned out to be much worse than expected. I think one of the one of the um, American banks this week did they say they were expecting inflation in the UK might actually reach twenty percent, whereas the Bank of England I think is forecasting currently thirteen point three percent sometime this this winter. So why are markets suddenly in a more positive mood? And on this side of the Atlantic, you know, inflation certainly we haven't seen the worst of it yet. We know this winter is going to be horrible. Um, and the chance of us avoiding a recession unless we find some way of um, proving that. Um, two quarters of negative growth somehow doesn't count as recession. Pretty slight results. So why are markets so buoyant? Well, I wouldn't say they're massively buoyant, but we are seeing a little bit of a bounce back today after a sell-off yesterday. Mm. Um, the FTSE 100 is being lifted by some corporate results. We're still getting earnings trickling through. Um, and the DAX in Germany was lifted by uh, some better than expected German GDP figures. The second estimate was a little bit better uh, than the first estimate that approximated that growth was flat in the second quarter. Now it looks as though it's eked out a modest gain. Um, July was a strong month for markets. I think psychologically we were entering the second half of the year and there was a sense that it's been a very doom and gloom first half and traders and investors were trying to sort of um, look at the bigger picture and there was a bit more optimism and risk on sentiment. Uh, there was also hints that the Federal Reserve might at some stage this year pause its rate hiking cycle. It has been raising rates all of this year, um, or most of this year. And there was a sense that inflation could be starting to peak, which would allow the Fed to slow its pace of tightening or pause mm -hmm. on it. So that provided a little bit of a tailwind. But I'd say this year remains extremely jittery um, to markets. And 
by no means does it look as though we're going to go in a straight line upwards from here. It's going to be up and down and a lot more volatility yeah. before December. But what about the Bank of England? I mean, what are we expecting that they're going to do? Um, they've got the same problems that the Fed have got, you know, trying to keep inflation under control, even though they're not really, uh, a, they don't have any instruments that will actually help on the supply side um, question, but at the same time, they don't want to induce um, recession. Yeah, well, we are looking at another 50 basis point increase um, in the near term at the next meeting, that's in September. We had a 50 basis point increase at the previous meeting. Before that, it had just been raising rates since December in 25 basis point increments. So it's getting a bit more aggressive now. It's looking at other central banks around the world, like the Fed, that's moving at 75 basis points, at least in the last two meetings, and potentially again in September. The Bank of Canada raised rates by 100 basis points. Um, and it, that's putting pressure on the pound because um, in terms of the relative trade, other central banks are moving more aggressively. Uh, so that sort of makes the pound look less attractive versus the US dollar, for example. So we are looking at more interest rate increases, uh, both in September and potentially more before December as well. But this week on Friday, um, we get the announcement of the energy price cap increase. We're going to really see the extent to which um, prices are going up for energy. Mm. And that, of course, is a key um, contributor to inflation. Um, so energy markets are critical when it comes to the trajectory for both price levels and responsive interest rate policy. Victoria, thank you very much. That's Victoria Scholar, Head of Investments at Interactive Investor. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.